In the name of God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, good morning. If there are any children who'd like to come up front, we'll have a little chat. It'll be fun. Come on and join me. Always afraid when I sit down, I'm not going to be able to get back up. Hey, Bowie. Right front and center. Cheat that. I wanted to tell you something. It's more of a confession. When I was young, really young, I didn't like school. Does anybody like school? You do, good, good. I didn't, I couldn't stand it. I didn't know what the point was. Now, today, they won't let me take any more you know, classes, they won't, they've, they said, you've had enough school, you've got to to move on. But what's the point? I had to learn how to learn. I had to learn that it's okay to feel confused. Did anybody pay attention to the psalm that we read? It said that God is eager. He's, He's eager to teach us how to live in ways that please him. To live in ways that allow our lives to show the world who he is. Lives that, are, that have character that is just like his. And what we're all about when we gather is learning from one another, because guess what? I had to get used to being a student because that's exactly what we all are. You think you're gonna grow up and you're gonna be able to leave school and you're no longer a student, but all of these grown-up faces are faces that experience confusion and uncertainty and doubt, because it's hard to know sometimes the difference between good and bad, right? We've got to learn these things and figure it out. And the psalm says that God wants to teach you how to do that. How does he do that? How does he teach us? What do you think? Okay, good. The Bible, all right? So we can read the Bible for ourselves. What does the Bible focus on? Okay, it's the Word of God. Who does the Bible focus on? Jesus. Jesus, that's right. That is what we're all about. Because how do we learn how to live a a good human life? We have to follow the one who lived the perfect human life. To learn from him who we are called to be and what we're supposed to do. Right? Right? He calls us disciples. Does anybody know what that word means? Followers. Follower. Another good word is student or 
an apprentice. Do you know what an apprentice is? Like a helper. Yeah, a helper. Somebody who stays close to the master teacher and learns to do what the master teacher does. So they have to stay close to him and learn how to do everything that he does. Learn how to live your life in the way that Jesus would want you to live it, just like him. And that's what we're all about, focusing on Jesus. Now, where else do you learn about Jesus according to God's word? Here. Here. Yeah, look at all the faces around you. All these folks. We have to learn together. I, I come here to learn about this stuff too. And I learn from you and from you and you and you and you and you. And you, and you. All these folks. We have, we're all in this together. We're learning how to live a life that would please God because we're living lives that seek to be near Jesus and to be everything he calls us to be and to do all the things he called us to do. And that's how God teaches us. He teaches us to turn away from them and to turn unto everything that would bring him glory. And that would be for your good. All right? So I don't know what you do now. Do you go get something from him? Yeah, go get a packet if you want one. You're used. We're going to hear from Deacon John. I'm going to hand it over to him. Thank you, John. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So, I always love children's sermons. They're just uh, so perfect. It makes me want to change mine completely. I'm here today, I'm going to talk to you about, on this first Sunday of Lent, the three events that we find in our readings today. The first event is the flood. It's Noah, it's his family. And the second event is the baptism of Jesus, immediately followed by 40 days in the wilderness. And the third event is our baptism. It's all about our life following Jesus. And so what lessons can we learn from the three stories that Peter tells us in his epistle? He takes us back to Noah and the flood and so the first lesson that we see there is the difficulty of following God in a world that is fallen. And the world that is fallen prior to Noah is fallen completely. I know. 
I know. We look around us and we say to ourselves, oh, things are so much worse than when I was young. Well, maybe not all of you say that. But I will tell you, every generation has said that. And it can't conceivably be true. Because if it got worse and got worse and got worse and got worse and got worse, where would we be? But it is still the perception that we have that our walk with Jesus faces the barriers of the world around us. So in the time of Noah and his family, the corruption could not have been more complete. Scripture tells us that every heart and every mind, every thought indeed, every word from every person was evil. So we think we have it bad. But to be Noah, to be part of his family, to try to be pleasing to God in the midst of total depravity, is an impossible task. The world seeps into us. It changes us. It corrupts us. And so God... In his mercy, in his mercy, removed the world. Removed the people, removed the corruption. And gave Noah and his family the opportunity to start brand new. To be reborn. To have all the past wiped out. To enter into a world, the world, where there were no other people to introduce them to sin. But they liked Jesus. They liked Jesus. And the problem is that inside each of us, we carry sin. Jesus made clear in many sermons that it's not the outward world, it's not the dirt of the world, it's not the things around us that corrupt our hearts. No, the things that destroy our souls come from within. And so the problem for Noah and his family is that they brought what was within them into this new world. And they continued to sin. They continued to live lives where they struggled to be what God wanted them to be. So the first lesson for us today is not to look at the world and to blame it. The problems lie within. They do not lie out in the world. Take a look at the second story. Jesus, the son of the living God, is already perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And he goes to the Jordan River and he's baptized by John. And 
he comes up out of the water and, and God is pleased and says so. And Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit. And what immediately happens to him? You see, there is no sin inside of him to struggle against. He's perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But immediately, at the very beginning of his ministry, he spent 40 days in the wilderness facing every temptation of the heart that exists. Those temptations came in the form of Satan himself. So if we are to follow Jesus, we have to understand that temptation is not something that we get to escape. It's part of the life of following Jesus. You know, Noah spent 40 days on the boat. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. We spend 40 days in Lent. And we are called in the Lenten season to examine what is inside our hearts. We are called to look for the ways in which we can put to death the old self and put on Christ. That process of salvation is not one that is immediate, one and done. The baptism that Peter says saves us The baptism which he compared to the flood experience that Noah had only gives us the opportunity to accept Jesus as Lord. And then like Jesus to receive the Holy Spirit. But then we are called to put to death all of the things of the world that do not reflect Christ. Noah could have done that. Noah and his family could have done that during their 40 days in the midst of the storm. They could have prayed to God, not just for deliverance from the storm or from the flood, but they could have prayed to be renewed. We have the opportunity as Christians through the study of scripture, through the example of Jesus, to be able to see that we must, once a year, all of our lives in the church, come to a season of Lent and look inward. So I've been baptized, that is to say, I have accepted Jesus as Lord. And in his faithfulness, I have received the Holy Spirit. But that's not enough. 
the Holy Spirit has work to do in us and through us in the world to bring glory to God the Father. And the work that he does in us is to put to death the old self. And what he is doing is making us perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So that we can serve God's purposes in his kingdom and glorify him. I don't know what you see when you look in your mirror. But I can tell you what I see when I look in my spiritual mirror. I see a sinner who falls short of the glory of God. I see a person for whom the work of the Holy Spirit is not complete. And so in a season of Lent, what am I called to do? I'm called to see the sin within me. I'm called to see the worldliness that still occupies part of my thoughts and my words and my deeds. And then I am called to cry out to the Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, put to death my old self. Help me to put on Christ. Because our journey following Jesus is a journey that is never completed. Where is Jesus going? Well, on the long and winding path that he travels, the end destination is a narrow gate that enters the kingdom of God. And if we make that journey with him, if we make that journey together as brothers and sisters in Christ, if we say to the Holy Spirit, prepare me for the day, that I arrive at the door, that I might be clothed in the appropriate wedding garments so that I might attend the wedding feast of Christ and his church in the kingdom of God. So what is Lent? Lent is a season of self-examination it's a season of putting to death the old self. It's a season in which we cry out to the Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, change me. Make me complete. That's not work that you or I can do. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. And God is faithful to prepare us for his kingdom. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.